Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG online, WGWG.org. Nolte Manning II here hanging out with uh, Dr. Travis Langley. Uh, We have had Dr. Langley on the show before. We had him uh, here last spring uh, when we talked about uh, Captain America's Civil War, and uh, we're very fortunate to have him back again. He is an editor and a psychologist and uh, been involved in a number of books uh, Dr. Langley, uh, over the years uh, relating to, to to pop culture, to uh, to comics, and uh, and and what how else do you want to describe some of the books that you've been involved in? I refer to it as popular culture psychology. There you go, popular culture psychology. Well, uh, the, the reason we've got Dr. Langley on the show uh, today is we're going to talk about Wonder Woman. Uh, there is a new book uh, out that Dr. Langley uh, has served uh, as the editor. And it's called Wonder Woman Psychology, Lassoing the Truth. Uh, this book is out. It's got 20 essays, and uh, including uh, one from a, a friend of mine, Jenna Bush. So I'm, I'm glad, to, glad to see Jenna's got some uh, work in this as well. Um, I tell you, last weekend, Dr. Langley, uh, no surprise, Wonder Woman uh, did quite well uh, at the box office. Uh, worldwide, this, uh, this movie is, is doing uh, amazingly uh, well also. Um, over 240 million in opening weekend uh, receipts worldwide, and it's a film. Uh, a lot of superhero films uh, really draw in the the male audience, but this one has a 52 percent opening weekend, 52 percent female audience. Uh, so, well, let's get your thoughts uh, initially on on the movie, and uh, and 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 you, did, did this fulfill the expectations you thought we might be seeing with this film? I'm very pleased at how well it's doing. I, 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 had, I had expected it to do well, even though some of the early buzzed, oh, it's a chaotic mess in the production. Yes, people said that about Guardians of the Galaxy and many other very successful films, so that doesn't really matter. Sometimes the chaos is just chaos. Uh, sometimes it's about the efforts people go through to try to get things right. And there's some really good people in charge. Patty Jenkins knows what she's doing. So I was very optimistic that this would do just incredibly well and beat some records, and it has, and it's nice to see. Yeah, and what a great cast. And I, I think uh, the casting of, uh, of Wonder Woman, uh, Princess Diana, or Diana Prince, was, uh, was done quite well. Uh, she truly held her own, and, and I can't even imagine anybody else playing that role right now after seeing her on screen. <laughs> it is funny. At first people heard about the casting and one of the main immediate reactions was, she's kind of skinny for the part, isn't she? <laughs> well, you know what? Christopher Reeve was skinny for Superman, and he, once he got the role, added a lot of muscle. Uh, a number of these... Uh, Chris Evans! He was so overweight. And, and he had a, well, he had a comedy body, and he gets the role of Star-Lord because they knew they needed to go by who can play the role... And, and dedicate themselves to reshaping. Or, oh, one example of skinny. Um, uh, Christian Bale had just done a film in which he'd lost so much weight, gotten to be incredibly, horribly skin, skinny, emaciated, and had to work his way back up to be Batman. So that, within limits, uh, there, are, there are things you can do on the physique, but you have to be able to get someone who can play the role in the first place. They can look right and not be at all good at playing a part. So the acting ability is really important. I, I like little things, such as the fact that Wonder Woman has an accent. You know, in the cartoons and, and previous television versions, 
Wonder Woman had sounded as American as anybody else. Right, right. And she's in this culture that's been separated you know, from the rest of the world for a couple of thousand years. And even though with the, you know, in different versions they have ways of keeping track and knowing languages, but still, I, I'm, I'm, I like that little touch that she has the accent. Yeah, I do too, and I, I love uh, you know some of the uh, the smaller things where uh, where the character Steve Trevor says, you know, how do you speak my language? And she was, you know, she said, we speak you know hundreds of languages, and then you see that play out throughout this film as well. And uh, I, I just I was thoroughly impressed with what I saw on screen on a lot of different levels. It had action. Uh, it did a, a great way of paying homage to uh, to some earlier installments or some little things thrown in for the for the true fans out there. I think it also did a great job introducing um, this character in this standalone film, even though we saw her in uh, Batman v Superman, uh, and she was the best thing in that movie to me. And so I was very happy to see her in a, in a standalone film and a very solid film at that. I, th- I think DC um, has needed something like this. Um, you know, last year they had, uh, while well, they may have made some money, uh, the, the two films uh, didn't, you know, get universal praise, but this one's getting some pretty universal praise for the most part from critics yeah. uh, and from fans, and it's great to see. The film, you know, Batman v Superman fell about 200 million short of what, they had hoped it would make for the health of their company, which is a pretty huge shortfall, even with them making you know, more than half a billion dollars right. in the film. Right, and, right. And there are reasons for that. I've heard a lot of people say, it's a shame that this Wonder Woman film could not have been the foundation for a DC movie universe. Yeah, yeah. And in many ways, as I was watching the film, um, I was reminded of Captain America, First Avenger, and mm-hmm. this one had a lot of those kind of similarities. Uh, I think there are, are similarities within uh, the characters as far as what they stand for, what they want, uh, and how they kind of move forward in life. Did you sense that same kind of thing with these characters, um, well, based on the comics or based on the other things that you've researched and seeing it on film as well? Well, so Captain America and Wonder Woman, both of them are very healthy individuals. They're, as typically written... They're not driven by trauma or tragedy to do the right thing. They have traumas and tragedies in their history, yes, but those aren't the driving forces. Each of them you know, has the big heart and is the person who's trying to do the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing, for sticking up for others. And they really show a hero can be heroic for good reasons. And I'm very pleased with these depictions. I know uh, there were a number of people when we first heard that it was going to be set in World War One instead of World War Two because World War Two is so typically part of Wonder Woman's background right. for how we think of it for the for the enduring versions of her story. Uh, but it seemed to many people like, oh well, they're just going with World War One because Captain America got World War Two, uh, which there may be some truth in that. But I, I like the writer's reasoning that it made sense to take it to a world war in which the lines between good and evil in the war weren't as clear as they were in World War II. To get to the stupidity of war yeah. and, and Wonder Woman's goal of fighting against war itself. Yeah, I absolutely loved that, and uh, it was done so well. I mean, I, I loved the story. Uh, I loved the way it was presented. Uh, the, the effects were well done. The action sequences were marvelous. 
this film just to me solid, uh, solid to see Wonder Woman on screen in a film that uh, I think we're going to be seeing her on film a few more times and not just in the uh, Justice League movie. No, I, I think we can count on a Wonder Woman two, three years from now. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about uh, about the book, Dr. Langley, Wonder Woman Psychology, Lassoing the, tu- lassoing the Truth. I'll get it out there. Uh, t- <laughs> uh, tell me um, w- when you started working on this and the process that you went through to get this, uh, get this book to fruition. I had been, let's see, it was before my Dr. Who book came out that I'd had this idea. It's, I had been, we'd wrapped up working on the Doctor Who book, or we were about wrapping up the work on the doc, on our Doctor Who psychology, Madman with a Box. And I was considering where we were going with the direction on all of these uh, books, and I had thought it before, but I would like to do something with Wonder Woman. Right. And I have a co-editor on this one, because I don't normally have co-editors, but Mara Wood had said long ago, if we ever did a Wonder Woman book, she wanted to be heavily involved. And, and she'd been a really good editorial assistant. But... And I thought, how do you fill a book with a healthy, on the psychology of a healthy superhero whose enemies are not well known? When I wrote the book Batman and Psychology, A Dark and Stormy Night, the single author book, nobody had trouble seeing why I was doing that. He has psychological issues, and his yeah. enemies fill their own as- asylum. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I got to thinking about the fact that Wonder Woman was created by a psychologist, and we don't normally go into the creators. We were using psychology to analyze the fiction, and fiction to talk about real psychology, but I got to thinking about the fact that, well, she was created by a psychologist. If we make, for at least for a portion of the book, that to be an important focus, we talk about, you know, she was created by Dr. William Moulton Marston, who is often called the inventor of the lie detector. That's not accurate, but it's not completely unfair either. The guy who actually invented the polygraph, he called Marston the inventor of the lie detector test. (laughs) <laughs> using these physiological measures in the forensic setting to try to detect truth. And Marston was the expert witness in the court case that ultimately led to the ruling that lie detectors should not be admissible in court, but also laid down the very important foundation of how psychologists could be considered expert witnesses in any court case. So he had a very important place in that regard. He wrote a book, The Emotions of Normal People. He criticized the field of psychology for focusing too much on what was abnormal and unhealthy which, in that regard, he was seven decades ahead of his time because positive psychology started saying that within the last 20 years yeah. and, and really developing ideas of what is normal, what is healthy. We, we still need to look at what's unhealthy, but we also need to understand what's healthy for comparison. You know, he has a very important place in the history of psychology. And I thought about, you know, if, if we, we have some things about that and relate them to her stories, you know, he's involved in developing the lie detector, he gives his he gives his character a lasso that she uses to make people tell the truth. Right, right. Yes, yes. He, he wants to look at healthy people. He writes this healthy heroine, and and then I knew we we can fill this out. It would not be a problem. It, it turned out that while I was typing the email to broach the subject with my editor, she was in a meeting with uh, she was in the acquisitions meeting with uh, her bosses, and they asked, well, what would you like to work on for the spring, Connie? And she said, well, I hope Travis would like to do a, a Wonder Woman book, although I'm not sure this is the right week to broach the subject. And, and then you know, imagine her reaction when she got to her email 10 minutes later and saw that I had just sent the email broaching that subject. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I, I want to make every one of these books special in different reasons. They'll vary in how personal they are. About half the books so far that I've worked on involve comic books. 
Right. And several right. On, several on superheroes. Uh, and, and then there's The Walking Dead, which is from a comic book. Of the three, right now we're working on one about the TV show Supernatural, and we've agreed on what the next three after that will be, which I can't say. But two of the next three after that, again, have to do with comic book superheroes or wow. supervillains. Well, that's something that's very special to me. But I want all of these to be special in different ways. The Wonder Woman, to me, she was always just, you know, one of the classic superheroes. She, Batman, and Superman are the only ones who stayed consistently in print since the early golden age of comics. There was a point in the 50s when those three were the only superheroes who still had titles. And she resonates. She's iconic. She's meaningful. I got to know uh, the, the, the creator's family. I, I spent some time with uh, Dr. Marston's son, Pete, and, and granddaughter, Christy. I've, I've Spent a lot of time with the granddaughter Christy, bringing her to a convention to join us at San Diego. And to me, the biggest honor in the whole book is that we got to include, as a chapter in the book, the previously unpublished memoir of Marston's wife, Elizabeth Holloway Marston. She's the one who said, you need to make your new hero a woman, because Lord knows there's enough of those boys. <laughs> and, was, and she died at age 100. You know, he died back in 1947. She died at age 100 uh, about 20 years ago, and, and she, was, she had a memoir that she'd been working on, and I'm just incredibly honored that the family let us include her previously unpublished memoir in our book. What is it about uh, Wonder Woman that you talk about? This is, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, they have endured time. Um, what is it about Wonder Woman that has allowed that to happen, um, Especially well, with, uh, yeah, she she has a number of different things going for her. She, she's the outsider coming to the modern world. Okay, she's the person with a different perspective, and so she comes without any of the usual biases regarding culture, countries. She she has this this different view, but she doesn't feel lost. We all have situations where we have felt like the outsider. Some people feel like the outsider all the time, and so we can relate to that aspect of her. Superman, Batman, and uh, Wonder Woman, they're uh, uh, this triumvirate of characters in different ways. You, uh, you look at their origins. Batman, his origin comes out of a city street crime. Superman, his origin is, is out of science fiction. Wonder Woman, her origin is out of mythology. Right. You know, these characters in terms of how they relate to others. Superman is the immigrant who comes here as an infant and grows up. In America, Batman has always been American. Wonder Woman comes outside, not American at all, but embracing those 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 ideals of the time, uh, which, which now we, we want to make it a bit more universal in how we're looking at it, because we've got a little different view on America's place in the world. Uh, Wonder Woman psychology, lassoing the truth. You do have uh, quite a few writers. Talk about the writers and how you brought those in and uh, how easy or difficult it was to, to get these, uh, these particular essays. After I wrote Batman in Psychology, my publisher and I had agreed on what my next book was going to be at the time. It was going to be about Star Trek, and I was still going to be the, the sole author of that. But then Wiley sold that division. Here I had the best-selling book for that whole division, uh, a book that is still doing well every single week now. And, I, and Wiley was selling that division, and the new publisher wasn't doing new books, so I, I didn't have a new book immediately because of that publishing industry thing. But during the delay over the next couple of years, I got to know other nerdy psychologists who would come up and uh, meet me at conventions, or uh, I'd, I'd get to know some through their blogs. 
for example, Dr. Janina Scarlett. She's the only one other than me who has written something in every single one of the books that came after Batman. And Janina, when I first met her, she came up to me and another psychologist after we had a panel at San Diego Comic-Con, and she was just so delighted to meet us fangirling that I was having trouble remembering that I'm talking to a fellow professional here. But uh, it was a lot of fun, and she's a very good writer, and so about half of the writers are people I've gotten to know through conventions. And most of the other half are people who I found them through their blogs. So I know they know their popular culture, gotcha. they know their psychology, and how to write it in a way that's interesting for a general audience. In terms of this, cha- well, this particular book, uh, Mara Wood, uh, the co-editor, she wrote five or six of the cha- or five and a half of the chapters because we co-authored one. So you know, there, there's more than usual by by a specific person in this one. It was Wonder Woman was very meaningful and important to her. And even though we always say, like, 20 essays for the, the 20 chapters, I write a lot of interstitial material, a, a number of... At the end of every section, I've got this little mini-chapter, so right. I've also got those as the additional essays, and there's, there's, a lot more, there's a lot more material than it even says. This is our biggest book in the series. Well, we, we, we just... We had trouble, you know, deciding when to stop writing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, at what point did you decide, okay... This is this is now the book, and this is how we're going to put these these essays and pieces together. You know, what was that process like for you? Well, you reach a deadline when uh, the publisher <laughs> says, "Okay, stop monkeying with this." <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, and that's the truth, right? That's the truth. <laughs> uh, some of these cases. Oh, I mean, there are times when, when I know, okay, this is exactly what it needs to be. But with most of them, you can always think of something else. Like the, the, with the Supernatural book that we're wrapping up the work on right now. Even after our deadline, I kept writing additional sidebars because I would think of new of other little things to say. Oh, I should say this. I should say this. Uh, sidebar. I don't even know where in the book this sidebar will go. And... And I finally reached the point. I told my editor, "Okay, okay, no more sidebars." And I still have two more. I'm so tempted to throw in. <laughs> well, with uh, with this book, what are the things that you want readers to take away from who Wonder Woman was, who she was founded to be, uh, who who she was created to be, but also who she is now and what she means to our world today? Well, as Marston put it, he created her to be. He said this himself psychological propaganda for the kind of woman that he felt should run the world. Wow. He believed the world would be much better off with women in charge. He believed women were better people than men. In terms of what we want people to take away from it, I think the strongest message in there is that a hero can be healthy and be heroic. A person can do the right thing because it is the right thing. A, A person can be good and strong and very capable but in a way that is not daunting to others, but instead is inspiring to others. Yeah, and I think that comes across in the film version as well. You see this this woman with every positive human trait that you would want to have in a human being, period. Mm -hmm. Uh, She cares about others. She wants to do, as you said, what is right. And um, she wants to, to live for the truth, and she doesn't understand people being dishonest. She doesn't understand why war exists other than, you know, it's something that's, that's created. And if she can kill the creator of war, maybe, maybe war will no longer be there. Um, it, it's, uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's amazing to see this character 
uh, and how this character is portrayed so well. And, and your book touches on things like compassion. You see, uh, you know, essays that kind of focus on that. And I think that came through with, uh, with the character on film as well. I, I do. I, I'm very pleased with how the film has turned out. And it, it, it seems odd to say I'm honored to have gotten to work on this book, but I am. I'm, I'm honored to have a place in, in some tiny little spot in the, in the history on Wonder Woman. Well, it's not just a tiny spot to me because I was getting to include the creator's wife's memoir. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The book is called Wonder Woman Psychology, Lassoing the Truth. Uh, Dr. Travis Langley uh, editor and wrote uh, quite a bit in this book as well, along with Mara Wood, um, as, uh, several essays. The book is available. What's the best way people can grab this book? Amazon is the best way online. Uh, Barnes & Noble is the bookstore that carries more copies of these books than anywhere else. They're all over the place. You know, I, I think it's pretty appropriate that Amazon uh, is, uh, is carrying this book about the Amazonian <laughs> princess. So very yeah. good. Very good. Um, best way to follow you on uh, Twitter, if our listeners are out there, is it Superheroologist? Is that correct? I am at Superheroologist on Twitter. Just look for Travis Langley on Twitter or Facebook. I'm easy to find. All right, Dr. Travis Langley, our guest today on Cinema Scene. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you talking about Wonder Woman and about uh, your new book. Any final thoughts, final comments you want to make sure you share with our listeners? Go see the movie. Absolutely. Go see the movie and uh, go buy the book. Until next time, I'm Noel Manning for WGWG Cinema Scene, and for this week, that is a wrap.